Welcome to the Questionably Qualified Podcast. I'm John Truxus, and I can remember a number longer than 10 seconds. Joining me, as always, is Mike Yax. Yax, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. I don't even know what that's in reference to. So. I think you do, my friend. I think I think you do, because that is a reference to the referee who oh, okay. thought that yeah. number seven okay. reported as eligible. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Had to open with that one, eh? Let's, let's start with that, because I think it's not just the biggest story in our friend groups. That's the biggest story, I think, in the league from this past week. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. This is the only game I watched this week, because, I don't know, when you travel, you can't really do anything if you have a two-year-old. Yeah, for sure. But he was in bed for this, obviously. Um, hmm, I don't I don't really have any words for that okay, specific so thing. We'll help set you up a little bit more, right? So that the Lions... I, mean, I, 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 I can't expound on I can't expound on it, but let's get a better, like a more, yes. a more even review about what happened. For those, for those who didn't watch the game and haven't been paying attention to the coverage since, the Detroit Lions were facing off in Dallas, so Dallas wasn't suffering their usual road team woes, and had a chance to win the game with a two-point conversion late. They scored a touchdown to make it 21-20. They went down the field in extremely quick around. order. Yeah, like less than two minutes. <laughs> yep. And scored the touchdown to get themselves within one, and then went for two to try to win the game outright. Now, this game would have been pretty big from a stake standpoint because they were tied with the Niners for the potential one seed. They would have lost the tiebreaker, but if the Niners were to stumble this week, then that would have opened up a chance for the Lions. And outside of that, obviously, they're neck and neck with Dallas. So winning that game would have given them the tiebreaker over Dallas. I think it would have almost wrapped up the two seed or maybe even wrapped up the two seed for the Lions. Yeah, I think it it would have given that Philly law. Yeah. Unfortunately, they ran a very clever play for the two-point conversion attempt where number 68, Taylor Decker, right? Yep, Deck. Reported as eligible. Caught a tackle eligible pass in the left side of the end zone. Really warmed my heart. I was very excited. And Mm -hmm. a suspiciously long amount of time after that, a flag flew in. And the refs got together and decided that actually he had not declared himself eligible. And so it was an illegal touching penalty. And the Lions were penalized five yards. Indeed. Then Dean Campbell went for it again from the seven. They got another penalty on Dallas. And they went for it again from the three and a half. And at least in my opinion, threw the ball too short to have gotten it yeah, even definitely. if it had been complete yeah <laughs> um so yeah those those and are they're like decisions. not one of your guys like wasn't that the dpj yes i believe that's correct yeah. um so yeah so we'll leave those decisions aside i think that there's an understandably emotional reaction there from dan campbell yeah most of the coverage that i've heard has gone between the refs messed up but that sort of thing happens to holy crap the refs messed up so badly this is embarrassing um i mean so i would i mean you could go with either of those things and i'm kind of like yeah either reaction seems reasonable i mean i think where you start pulling your hair out as a lions fan is like it seems to happen to us a lot more Mm -hmm. than other teams where you get like i've never seen this (laughs) i don't think anybody has seen this where i mean they called the wrong they, they called it wrong they said like the wrong player declared eligible and it's like i've never seen that happen like so that's kind of where you get you start the beef as a lions fan because it's kind of it feels like only a Lions like you're only gonna lose this game like that if you're the lions right right but then it's like after the game it's like you get all the all the stuff coming out where like the referees are like yeah well, the wrong guy declared and it was like well i mean we have the internet and like we can re-watch the games and like very clearly from different camera angles that is not what happened decker did declare eligible like in subsequent interviews afterwards dan campbell told the referees about this play like mentioned it said you know if there's this situation arises in the game it's very likely we're going to run a play where decker declares eligible decker himself said he declared eligible skipper said i did not declare on that play goff said decker declared eligible on that right to have the refs then come out and say like oh that's not what happened like he didn't do it it's wrong like that is where i got i got was completely incensed you hear like joe buck like said it some espn like trey wingo was like he didn't report he just didn't i'm like well that's bullshit he obviously did everyone knows he did now like i don't like who who's made like i don't know it's crazy it's just nuts yeah i think i I was surprised by the reaction in the booth for sure because they immediately sort of sided with 
the refs on it. Yeah. And I was like, do we have replays where we can see this sort of thing happening yeah, so we can figure out what was going on? Because yeah. I would like to see what actually happened here. I'm very curious to know what's going on. And the explanation that I've heard that makes the most sense, and this was from the Athletic Football Show breakdown, was that the Lions were kind of doing multiple layers of trickery here, where number 70 is usually their sixth offensive lineman. Yes. And he came on and waved-ish as though he was heading to the referee to declare himself eligible. Did not. You clearly see (laughs) that in the video. He doesn't get yeah. that close to him while no, number doesn't. 68 decker is reporting is eligible yeah. i mean he's talking to him him and sewell are talking to the ref and decker is pointing to himself yep and the extra way reception there is that sewell i believe is number 58 yeah so there's a little extra like you hope that the referee says you know mm, number 68's reporter is eligible and the defense goes wait did he say 58 or 68 mm-hmm. but either way the answer was not 70 well he was covered up by sewell anyways right like, <laughs> It would have been illegal for him. Like, he can't be eligible. So it wouldn't have even made sense. Yeah. So the the athletic football show guys were pretty irate, actually, that the referees screwed this call up that that badly. They were the ones who were talking about how Dan Campbell absolutely talked to the refs before the game about this play. It told him exactly what he was planning on doing. Yeah. It's a pretty badly botched call in, obviously, a pretty pivotal moment. And yeah, I mean, I get why Campbell was like, F these guys. I want to go for it again. I don't think it's a good idea, but I do. (laughs) I do get from it. the seven. <laughs> yeah, from the you seven is a pretty it. wild one. And like he, he still. I think he had a radio show with the local Detroit sports media yesterday, and he was still. He was like belligerent, like basically badgering these guys to say, like, to not just you know, radio guys will give takes and then they'll get sports like the actual coaches on there, and they'll try to be their most diplomatic selves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Campbell is literally saying he's like say how you say how you want to say it say it say it i was like holy shit nice this really feels like you know like a little brother like yelling at a big brother like come on what the fuck like say what you want to say why don't you say it to me and (laughs) he got the host to say i thought it was a reckless call and he was like and it was like pretty funny that's great he's like cool good for you i didn't i still would have done it i was like whoa (laughs) okay dude you can't and then it's like all the players today like you see i've seen like a bunch of interviews they're like oh well it comes from the top like yeah don't dwell on it and i'm like sure seems like my dude's dwelling i think on he's it. dwelling just yeah. a, little a little bit, bit. yeah and like that's human but it's like it's funny to kind of see the dissonance and like yeah you know five different guys saying you know hey you know we're moving on and then the coach badgering like <laughs> i'm not the done fifth yet best detroit sports radio host about yeah. like why don't you just fucking say what you mean bitch i'm like if he didn't say that obviously yeah <laughs> that's what it kind of felt like so so the referee involved in this was brad allen and his crew i did not know this before then but that is the same crew that missed the pass interference at the end of the Chiefs-Packers game. Yeah. That was pretty egregious. Yeah, yeah. And there were some other calls in that game, if I remember correctly, too, that were like, not, it wasn't like it was all favoring Kansas City or Green Bay. It was just a lot of like, wow, that was a weird call for that moment. But Adam they Schefter, also, who we also. don't love that much, has reported that Allen and his crew are being downgraded for the playoffs. Rest in peace. So, yeah, not great. I mean, honestly, I feel like if they would have just not been not denied it that probably wouldn't have happened i think they're also the crew that rev that refereed the the miami philly game where philly, where philly had zero penalties called on it and oh, miami right. had 10 yeah yeah i remember that yikes yeah so not great aside from that so aside from like the win-loss outcome how did you feel about the way the lions played in that game yeah the defense was pretty surprising like if Derek barnes decided to use his arms <laughs> <laughs> their defense would only scored i guess 14 13 points on us which makes no sense i you know hutch i think hutch uh had just a monster game and i think that was kind of the difference here he had five qb hits three sacks like yeah i don't know when you get your two your best rusher playing like that uh it really makes a huge difference on our defense i guess and it, it goes kind of i think to a little bit about i mean this kind of was the exact thing not the exact exact thing but it's like you know amari cooper is not amari cooper cd lamb has 231 yards yeah yeah those number one receivers but i mean if Derek barnes just tackles dak for the safety uh he has 
And what 230 minus 92? Yeah, that's true. 138 yards, which is still, I mean, still a a fuck ton of yards, but it's not 230 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Uh, I didn't see, I wasn't watching at that part of the game. We hadn't gotten home yet, but Andy was telling me about that mostly because he was saying that he doesn't care about the call because he's pissed that they should have won another way. And he mentioned that play and I went back and watched it. That's an interesting one. He just runs right by him. He's like, don't even he like he bounces off Dak like with his breastplate of his yep. pads like what are you doing Very that was strange. an easy sack like that was a safety that's a nine point swing in the game yep yeah and i think you take that you take that one play out and on top of the lamb number looking more reasonable Dak's numbers at that point you're talking 25 for 37 for like 250 which is a pretty yeah. it's a decent day but Fine it's not game. a great day yeah it, it goes to kind of like i think the the recipe to beat this lines is a mobile quarterback that can you know run designed runs mm-hmm. and can make the big play happen to elite wide receivers um you know i think pollard was bottled up and that has been the mo of this defense like they can i mean i don't think a single running back has had a, a really really dominant performance against them mm-hmm uh you know running uh, quarterbacks have <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like lamar and fields have had monster games against them so uh, i don't know that's it kind of is what it is at this point i think we all we kind of know but that was yeah that was a very good performance against a really high powered offense yeah if you had told me that the lions were only gonna score 20 in that game i would have been pretty worried about my my lions plus six pick at that point <laughs> yeah for sure I would have been like, oh, man, this is a beatdown. It's going to be 35, 20, yeah, something like that. Yeah, we looked so, I mean, yeah, it was, I don't, you look back and it's like, I don't think we've seen such, like, I don't know. They they had us figured out in pass rush. It felt like, and it felt like golf was like, just really tense with the ball. Like, he hit one big deep shot to JMO. That was awesome. And mm-hmm. But he was throwing a, a ton of wobblers. It kind of like, he kind of had the happy feet back there. So, I yeah, know. I feel like he settled down a little bit in that final drive and stuff like that. But I do think yeah. the one. The one thing to take away from that in terms of the Cowboys, because the Cowboys defense hasn't been nearly as like dominant of a unit as we sort of thought they were early in the season. Yeah. I think the big thing is I don't know that they do enough to change things where I think they have a lot of guys who win one on one, but they're not going to confuse you very much. So I think the Lions offensive line played pretty well. And at that point, it's like, well, Micah Parsons is going to win now and then. But if yeah. he's getting blocked effectively the cowboys aren't throwing a whole lot of different pitches at you to sort of keep that going yeah i think the who, who should have been the hero of the day i think deckers he has some nagging injuries that i mean i think i saw parsons like i think i saw him not touch parsons oops on a play to get golf like pretty easily i was like yikes yeah that hurts a little yeah. bit for sure yeah but I think that is the key for the Lions in the playoffs, right? Is that their offensive line is healthy. Like they've got a solid enough unit that they they shouldn't get beat. They shouldn't they shouldn't get beat like crazy in that phase of the game. And like three pretty high impact defensive players are coming back. Like what's crazy is that like the guy who played the probably the most snaps at nose tackle they cut him after this game despite having a decent game. Huh. Like Isaiah Bugs just cut. Like he's just off the team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ali McNeil is back. Oh, um, awesome. he was looking good there for a while. Yeah, so Mac was out for like three or four weeks, and the the stud from last year is coming back. Um, uh, the the guy Justin Houston. Ooh, okay. Is that the fourth? Yeah, that's right, right. Something Houston, James Houston. That Justin sounds Houston's right. Justin a Houston. different guy. It's the Justin Houston's uh, been around forever, or no? No, no, no. It's he was a rookie last year. Uh, okay. So I think it's James Houston the fourth actually. Okay. He was a rookie last year. He played. I think he played four games. And had like seven sacks. That'd be nice to have back, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's coming back, and then CJ Gardner Johnson's going to be back, and then Lee McNeil's coming. Yeah, back. that could be big for them then. Yeah, I think I think either way for the Lions, it it showed me that they are in the second tier there, as opposed to being an additional tier down from those teams. Like Baltimore yeah. and San Francisco are obviously levitating Clearly. above everybody. Yeah, for sure. But like that makes I think me think. They, okay, the Lions are right there with the Eagles and the Cowboys. See, I think the Eagles and the and the and the Lions kind of switched places. Got kind of a little the body Eagles switch. Might suck now. We can talk about I that mean, a little come bit. Come on, later. they suck. They suck. <laughs> I didn't watch this game, but if, I mean, I didn't even pick this game because it's like you see a weird Cardinals outcome, and you're like, 
Maybe Yax picked the <laughs> Eagles in this game. That was my thought. Did not happen. I learned my lesson finally. <laughs> Somebody else doesn't know their lesson. I don't know who it is. Yeah, you know, you just don't want to trust Matty Pats. The, the the Eagles made that choice, and it's not a good idea. It's almost as, as, a, as if, like, he sucked the entire morale out of the unit. <laughs> it kind of is, yeah. It's weird. Weird how that works. I, I wonder if they could have known that he has a, you know, a habit of doing bullshit like that. Yeah, yeah, if there was just some sort thought. of track record to look at. I wonder if there's any public statements of players about what he's all about. <laughs> I mean, I wonder how far they have to go. Perhaps somebody on their own team, even. That's Oh, my God. I didn't even think about the fact that Slay is there. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah, not me. I was like, no, I'm sure this is good. It's going to be great. I'm sure he's stoked that Matt Patricia's taking over. Uh, I'm sure the unit that has the most problems. What you have to do is take the two people who have the biggest problems with each other, and <laughs> then let's make them gel and try to fix something. Oh, my right? God. Like, the, the thing that, like, t- giving up big plays in, through the air is kind of their Achilles heel. And, like, yeah, good idea. Let's just, uh... Do you remember when Patricia took over and which game it was that he first was, was spotted? Was it the Giants three, game? It was uh, Seahawks. Seahawks. Right? I, that sounds right. Okay. So, you know, again, there's not really, like, a... You can look, there are a lot of advanced stats and stuff like that, but there aren't always easy ways to tell how much is the coordinator, how much is the players, what's going on for there. Sure. But one of the things that I've always liked to look at for coaches in particular is like first half, second half scores, mm. right? Because you see some play callers, especially who are great at writing up the first play script, right? The first drive, the offense looks great. There were a couple of years where the Bears were like that, where I was like, oh, opening drive touchdown. And then it's just like impossible to get out of first gear the rest of the game. Yeah. And when it comes to the halftime thing, you think, okay, there is some logic there to suggest that if you're struggling more in the second half than in the first half, maybe your coaches aren't doing a good job of making adjustments to what they've seen or trying to stay ahead of the other team's adjustments, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, I know a lot of coaches want to try to, like, I've heard especially Aaron Glenn say that that's bullshit, but it's like, it isn't to me. It seems like, like it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it seems like like they would say that. It's like, oh. And, like, a lot of players will say it, but it's like, a lot of players were say, oh, well, they don't, like, do this and talk to us and, like, give us these pep talks. I'm like, sure, but, like, it's not like you can put new shit in. Right. Like, You're right. Installing like, new stuff. You can't install. Yeah, so it's like... <laughs> What we what I think the fan means is that they have to like recalibrate what is in the game plan, yep. figure out what works and hone in on it effectively. Mm-hmm. And some teams seem to be able to do it and some teams don't seem to be able to do it. Yeah. So we had the Seahawks game in which the Eagles give up seventeen second half points to Drew Locke. <laughs> Including a, a back breaking like last minute drive yep. right down the field 10 plays 92 yards in a minute 24 to end that one. Oh my god oh my god so they lose that game then they go How do you, wait 10 plays in a minute 24 minute 24 how do you leave? so you're not even like tackling him in bounds i guess i don't know that's what i'm how can you do that <laughs> that seems know. impossible it really does you have to play the one would take away the sideline right you would think i mean that's what i would oh do oh my oh like what the how, that's impossible I, i'm trying to think like i'm racking my brain to figure out how that's possible because they must not have had any time outs either right right oh i guess you could have like three incompletions and then yeah a good pass yeah uh, well whatever we don't need to go but they scored from 29 yards out too which is also kind of unforgivable yes. in that situation exactly. yeah definitely. so the next week they play against the New York Giants with a combination of Tommy DeVito and Tyrod Taylor quarterbacking, and they give up 21 second half points in a game that they end up only winning by eight. So they were up 20 to three at halftime. They win 33 to 25. I will say at least one of those was a pick six. Yes, that is true. Still not excusable yes. to give up a Darius Slayton 69 yard pass from Tyrod. <laughs> yeah, not great when you're up by 12 halfway through the fourth quarter. Wait, yeah. Seriously. And then they go and play the Cardinals, right? I think that's the next game on the list. Yeah, the ne- it's the Cardinals. Oh, yeah. They get fucking cooked. And they, they go into halftime up 21-6, to six, give up two third-quarter oh, touchdowns no, and two no, fourth-quarter no. touchdowns. No, they didn't. I haven't seen this game. 29 <laughs> points in the second half they give up to lose that game. Oh, man. It couldn't happen to a better fucking pile of garbage. 449 total yards 
32 first downs for the Cardinals in that game. Wow. wow. Holy crap. That's that's way worse than I thought it was even. So yeah, anyway, the point is, I think Matt Patricia really sucks, and it was really wow. stupid of them to promote him to that position, and I'm looking forward to continue reaping the benefits when it comes to betting on them. That is, Arizona had three wins coming <laughs> Yep. What a season by these Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> Look at them go. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, what are they? <laughs> two and two against the East? That's true. Yeah, they, they, the cards straight up win, too. They almost they, took out the Giants. They're two and two against the East. They beat the Cowboys and the Eagles. And the Eagles. Yep. <laughs> Couldn't get past uh, Sam Howell, though. No, that was, that was too tall of an order. That's wild. <laughs> Let's talk, talk about the Bears real quick. They won big time against... The consensus choice for the NFC South champion Atlanta Falcons, but they're not dead yet. The Falcons, they still have a chance. They just need the Bucks to lose to the Panthers next week. Is that true? Yes. That can't be if true. the Bucks lose to the Panthers next week and the Falcons beat the Saints, then the Falcons will win the NFC South. What about the Saints? Uh, I don't remember. So the Saints will win it if they beat the Falcons and the Bucks oh, lose. Okay, the Saints and the Falcons are playing. Right. So if the Bucks win. They win the NFC South. But if they lose, then whoever wins that game wins it. That is hilarious. Yeah, it's a real Garbo mess that they have going on there. <laughs> In- indeed it is. <laughs> then what, How did the Bears the make it to nine? seven wins? Uh, that's so funny. You got me on that one. I don't understand it. <laughs> so yeah, they pick up the win against the Falcons. They pretty much just ran the ball on the throat. There was a lot of bad weather in that game. Fields had maybe his best game of the season. Perfect. I mean, that Washington one was good, but that was basically just DJ Moore doing things. Yeah. And it really seems like Fields, like this is his best game. He had 268 passing yards, ran the ball well when he needed to. Um, you know, making things more difficult for the, the group there to figure out what to do with the pick next year. I mean, good for him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't really have much more to say about that game, I don't think. There is a bizarre stat. If you're looking at DVOA, they have their weighted DVOA also, which take which gives more credence to recent games than old games. Yep. And I believe, let me see if I have this correct. I believe that the Chicago Bears are... The first best team in the NFL. Seventh. Wow. Number seven in weighted DVOA, right between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. Jeez. So that is a bizarre situation <laughs> i wouldn't have guessed that we were doing that well i think that that seems a little off to me and they're probably getting a big boost from their close game against cleveland not to mention the win over the lions but i guess they are one two three four five five and two over their last seven so that's kind of nice yes yeah, i mean kind of mirrors the lions last year Yes, yes, somebody actually pointed that out, and especially with them playing the Packers, where the Bears can't make the playoffs with a win, but the Packers <laughs> can. <laughs> They're like, it's well, eerily well, reminiscent well. of <laughs> last season's Lions. I, lo- <laughs> I also love that, like, Mason Crosby, if he had hit a field goal, which I had no idea Mason Crosby was still an NFL kicker, by the way. Yeah, that one blew my mind. He missed a field goal that would have basically like made it so that the Rams and the, like, the Packers would have a way better shot of making the playoff, and he missed it. <laughs> Take that. Just an accident, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, I don't know. When it comes to the decision that they have to make for next season, I'm not going to pretend to know the actual answer. I've mostly given up on trying to predict which quarterback is going to succeed in the NFL. I still like the idea of trying to keep Fields around if it's for a reasonable number because I think he's shown that he can do at least a bit when his supporting staff is an absolute garbage. And, I mean, you just look at what DJ Moore alone has managed to do this season. He has 1,300 yards this season. Jesus. For a Chicago Bear, that's like 2,000. <laughs> yeah, it might as well be 2,000 for us. <laughs> I'm actually going to look up right now. I mean, that, we're talking Harlan Hill numbers right now. It was Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall had a year of 1,508. Alshon Jeffrey had a year of 1,421. Mm. Marcus Robinson had 1,400. And Jeff Graham had 1,300. DJ Moore is, with a 100-yard game, would move into third place all time for single-season receiving seasons for the Bears. There you go. DJ. And yeah, just to, you know, go back a little further, you start getting into the Harlan Hill section of the, the thing there. But those are probably during 12-game seasons, so. <laughs> oh, man. I, <laughs> I'm just looking at next week's games, like the ticket prices. I'm like, you could go to the Carolina game for $14 to watch Tampa Bay lock up the South. <laughs> I mean, it's a title on the line there. How could you miss it? 
That's so funny. Oh man, I was trying to see how many games they actually played. They don't. They don't even have it listed in football database. Oh, for the old timer. Yeah. <laughs> 1954 how many games did they play i just want to know <laughs> between 12 and 13 i think it was 12 back then so that makes harlan hill's numbers even more impressive the legendary harlan hill well we know exactly he's, he's a legend for almost a 100 yards a game basically <laughs> he's a stud oh, what, what more could we say about harlan hill yeah. that we haven't already said <laughs> exactly we've, we've discussed his legend for for multiple episodes here on the question who qualified we've got, podcast we've got we've got such <laughs> Such uh, esteemed names as Tyson Bajan. Tyson B- <laughs> John Matoka. <laughs> I mean, who else do you need? Yeah, when you have people winning the, the uh, trophy with names like that, I mean, you can you can see how much of an impact he's had. All right, are there any other games from last week that you want to touch on before we move forward? As I said, I did not watch any of these games except the Lions. I think the only other one that I would want to touch on, I mean, Baltimore oh, smacking Miami is kind of As fun. 56. Yep, dropping 56 on them. And what that game really just got away from Miami. Like, it was, it was ridiculous how how it unraveled for them. So Lamar's the MVP then? I think that's the case. I mean, I mean, I think you've heard my take on this. The MVP is Patrick Mahomes. Like, I like Lamar a lot, but I'm pretty positive if you just swap those two players this season, I mean, the Chiefs would be worse. Ah. Uh, I don't know about that. And it's not it has nothing to do with who I think is a better player. I think Mahomes is a better player. But I think like I don't know. I feel like Lamar can do he's I don't know, he's such a dynamic talent. But yeah, you put Lamar on this Chiefs team, I don't Yeah. He can run and he can throw the ball to Kelsey. I mean <laughs> <laughs> but he can't do those awesome, like, you know, shot, take those big shots because they don't have anyone that can catch them. Right. Yeah. And we see now this year, like, you know, I don't know. They, they do, you know, the Ravens, they're such a, they're kind of a singular outfit, it feels like. They kind of do things on offense, just a touch different. And I think, like, they finally is, have found, kind of, like, tuned it in a way to take advantage of Lamar. So I think you can't just drop Mahomes in there. I know you're probably assuming they, okay, like, retool it, but. I think this works pretty good. I think it works pretty well. I, mostly what I think is if you just swapped them from the start of the season, I think Baltimore would still be really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think the Chiefs might slip more down to like the 500 range at that point. Uh, especially I mean, because of how bad the Chiefs run game has been this year. I mean, they've just been abysmal. Yeah, but that's, you know, Lamar could probably help you out there. Well, about a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. But the offensive line needs to do something. And yeah, I think the big, sure. I mean, to me, the big difference for the Ravens this year on offense, besides just the scheme, obviously with the new offensive coordinator, is you have people like Odell Beckham and Zay Flowers in there. Mm-hmm. And Beckham made another ridiculous catch this past week. And I know he's not the player that he used to be, but he does catch the fucking ball when it hits him in the <laughs> exactly. hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, <laughs> when I watched that, I was like, maybe the Chiefs should have lobbed a little money at him and been like, hey, you know what's actually most important is that Catch when it. the ball does hit them in the hands, yeah. our guys catch it. <laughs> I mean, we talked about uh, like just the absence of a, a player like Juju Smith-Schuster from that roster. Mm-hmm. I still think it makes yep. a huge difference. <laughs> and that, that was what he did, right? Like He caught all yeah. those possessions, third downs. He, he caught the ball. <laughs> yeah, you double Kelsey, great. Juju's going to hang on to it. He's not going to get yak. He's not going to do but he's going to catch it, and you're going to keep moving the chains. And now they don't have any of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah but i love lamar but i, see I think to your point though. lamar is gonna win i think yeah. i'm bitter about a few of the mvps i don't think roger should have won two in a row there and so i'm already prematurely annoyed at the idea that everyone's gonna be like hey lamar lamar two mvps mahomes two mvps lamar's even a little bit younger no, no, no. and yeah i mean i just let's not start that between That's how silly. fantastic the baltimore defense has been and then the running game they have, which you are correct. Lamar's a big part of that. Like the the fact that the defense has to be aware of him is a yeah, big yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but while the Chiefs defense has been good, the Baltimore defense has oh. been out of its cord. Probably the best. Yeah. They are number one by DVOA. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean it's just yeah, you know. I mean, it's hard it's hard to kind of compare exactly, but yeah. Yeah, know. and and to to that point, I, I don't feel that Lamar is undeserving. I just yeah, think yeah. I always think it's goofy that it's like, well, he locked it up this week because they they pounded Miami. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I guess like it's just yeah, the it narrative part of always drives me insane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's kind of just like you you beat <laughs> you beat San Fran and 
Miami like that two games in a row. Yeah. And you were kind of in there. Now it's kind of like, I don't know, you throw five touchdowns in a game where you were inexplicably only three-point favorites. Yeah. That was an interesting one. I feel like we nailed that one. <laughs> we really did. We really, I wish you got extra credit for the massive cover there. <laughs> so I was like, damn, we were both like, I don't get it. Yeah, like, that seems weird. I'm not sure that makes any sense. Yeah. I think they're kind of like, what, they're doing up-down maybe on us? Yeah, yeah, that could be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the up-down didn't work. It'd be weird. Um, speaking of games that didn't go well in that sense... I was really counting on the Rams to beat the Giants by more than six points. And they couldn't do it because they gave up another punt return touchdown. Not long after giving one up to Baltimore, the Rams had really played Baltimore tougher than anybody in a while. And they gave up a punt return in overtime that ended the game. Uh, They they were going over the stats. The Rams are now in like historically bad territory, special teams wise. Special teams? Oof. Mostly because their their place kicking has been terrible. And their yep. punt coverage has been terrible. <laughs> and because most of the rest of the league is, like, competent now, yeah, they are, like, more standard deviations away, basically, than oh most teams gosh. have been in the past. So there have been worse units, but, like, relative to the rest of the league, yeah, they yeah. are terrible. Like, we're talking ERA plus. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> their negative war is huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah. So that, that one annoyed me a little bit. I had a few bad beats last week. That was one that really killed me. Yeah, that's rough. Gunnar Olszewski running a touchdown back on a punt late in the game. Of course. Of course, Gunnar. And before we move on, I think we would be remiss as people who, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm a big fan of the eat the rich concept. (laughs) Yeah. How about David Tepper over there in Carolina? Apparently he was not pleased with Carolina's 26-0 loss to C.J. Beathard and the (laughs) Jacksonville Jaguars. (laughs) It's so funny. Like... You go to somebody else's stadium, and it's like, what do you expect? If the fans ID you as the owner of the other team that's getting shellac, what do you think they're going to do? Also, we're talking about Duval County. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm sure they're great people, but they don't have a reputation of being as such. Like, what did you expect? (laughs) Yeah. It's like you go into the link. You think if people see Jerry Jones in the link, they're not going to call him a piece of shit. Right. What? How many times have Jerry Jones thrown his drink on people at Lincoln Financial Field? Zero times that we know yeah, what of. Did, what did the guy say that could, could make him that grumpy about it? Like, come on. I don't know. I don't know. What did he say? Like, your team stinks. C.J. Bethard is killing you. I mean, I don't... When you lose 26-0 to against C.J. Bethard... <laughs> C.J. Bethard. They can say whatever they want. You just have to take it. So David Tepper, by the way, was fined three hundred thousand dollars after that, which is pocket change to him. That's like uh, that's like asking for guacamole. No, actually, guacamole is more expensive to us than that is to David Tepper. Possibly. I mean, considering net worth twenty point six billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah, considerably more than me. I'm trying to find the the <laughs> statement here. Let me see where it is. Let's see if we can do some sleuthing. What? Did the fans say to David Tepper? All right, here here is David Tepper's comment afterwards, after he was fined. I am deeply passionate about this team and regret my behavior on Sunday. I should have let NFL Stadium Security handle any issues that arose. I respect the NFL's code of conduct and accept the league's discipline for my behavior. So, basically, he said, I'm sorry I care so much. <laughs> Clearly that person was wrong, and I should have let the, the stadium security the rough them up him. on the way out. Like, what? I love that. I love that. What a good apology. <laughs> I, wish, well, I wish we could hear what he said. They need to make a reality show. This fan has a sign that says 2-13, and 13, I never missed a game. Oh, this is... <laughs> a separate incident with a fan. Ah, uh, fuck you, you piece of shit. Yeah. Thank you. So, yes, the it seems Panther's new owner oh, is just you know, as much of a clown as all the other owners. You know for sure what the fan said was, like, you know that fucking pick isn't yours. You don't have yeah. to tank so hard. You're going to miss that first pit, that first overall pick, something like that. <laughs> Do you uh, trade your entire draft uh, to win five less games this year? <laughs> yeah, I, I guarantee you're right. It was something about that, right? It had to be, right? Yeah. That's what I would think. Yeah, I, I think that mostly covers the stuff from last week that was worth covering. 
When it comes to which ones are real or aberrations, are you impressed by Jordan Love dominating the Minnesota Vikings? No. That's the correct answer. Didn't they... <laughs> they started Jaron Hall for a single half. They started Jaron Hall and then brought Nick Mullins in at halftime. That's correct. And I did switch my pick on that game as soon as I heard that Jaron Hall was starting. I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> he can't He can't take down the Joe Barry defense. Not the same way. Right, right, yeah. So um, the other I guess one... We can, I guess it can't be an aberration anymore. Joe Going Goddamn into week Flacco. 18. I love Joe Flacco. I, that's his only, this game was on later, wasn't it? It was a Thursday yeah. night game, I think. Yeah, I saw a little bit of this one, actually. Too. At halftime of this game, Joe Flacco had 296 yards and three touchdowns. Finally unlocked David and Joku. He finished with 309 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> so not, the second half wasn't as impressive. <laughs> okay, so the Browns are in the playoffs. Same with the Lions. How many times am I allowed to bet against Joe Flacco before I have to <laughs> give in? <laughs> I just Dang. can't buy it. I watched him play against the Bears just a few weeks ago. He threw one pick six and threw another one that got returned to the one-yard line. <laughs> and the one ball that he hit to Amari Cooper that also knocked me out of the fantasy playoffs was inches away from being tipped or picked for another one. <laughs> I think we have to wait until their playoff draw. Who are they supposed to get? Oh, yeah, let's see what, let's see what that looks like right now. Okay, they look like they're going to be the clear like um, four seed. Or five seed rather. Right. So that means they, they're gonna be a get, wild card, right? They're gonna be, be the, the Jags. Wild card or the you're gonna wild bet card. you're gonna bet you're gonna bet the Jags, Colts or Texans. <laughs> I mean the Colts took them to overtime or they lost by one point earlier this season. Yeah. I mean that was before that's before Joe Flacco unlocked them. I mean the thing is I would wanna take a team with a good defense against them because somebody's not gonna let goddamn Joe Flacco get away with this any longer. <laughs> I feel like this is a situation. Okay, Aaron Paul. I feel like this is a situation. He can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> Where a long time ago, we're talking like pre-COVID days. Yeah. I was playing pickup basketball outside of work after work. And there's one day where the rest of the guys that usually play didn't show up. And there's just one other guy on the courts. And he was like, oh, yeah, you just want to play 21. And I said, sure. This guy was taller than me, very much better at basketball than me. And it was just like, whatever, we're just trying to get some exercise in. What's the big deal? Yeah. He got to, I think, 19, and I think I was sitting around 10. Yeah. 10? Must have been 9. Because I then proceeded, because I then proceeded to hit six threes in a row over him. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I literally have no idea how that's possible. Like, I don't don't understand. I'm sorry. (laughs) But obviously, every time I checked it again, I was like, I'm putting it up. (laughs) Shoot. Yeah. I mean, that sounds reminiscent of Joe Flacco. And I feel like Joe Flacco is in that mode right now. He's just like, I'm I'm firing it, man. Let's see. Let's see if I can hit Amari Cooper with another one. I'm going to drop it in between three guys on him. Just got to let, let your guy make a play. Unbelievable. All right, yeah, so before we move on to the picks and the games that we're looking forward to this week, I think we would be remiss if we didn't check in on our buddies over at Charger Chat. Oh, my God, John. So I only did like 10 or 15 minutes today. Was it all on Easton Stick? <laughs> they were very, very sad that somehow they lost. Did they lose to the Broncos? They lost to the Broncos Stidham by 10. Yeah, they they were wondering, quote, what's wrong with QJ? And I'm like, he's had one good game all year. I don't know. He's been an awful first round pick and he's terrible. Yeah, like, that's, a, that's a good reason. You can't sit here and be like, what's wrong with him? He had one good game this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's also a segment where two girls that I don't know how they're or they're affiliated with the Charger Chat drove around Boulder, Colorado, and went to a thrift store. I turned it off after that part because I didn't really understand. <laughs> okay, how, why it? I mean, I guess they went to the game, is what I'm guessing, but I couldn't. I couldn't really do that. I it was my worlds collided when the Charger Chat guys not. They still have not shown me the optimism that they promised me all these weeks ago. Yeah. But they were optimistic about one thing, and that was that Jim Harbaugh hired an agent for pro football teams that has a connection to the Chargers, and they are amped up about Jim Harbaugh coming to coach the Chargers next year. Dear Lord. They said something like, he seems like a cool guy. Uh, It seems like nobody ran Jim Harbaugh interview through a Google search. Jim Harbaugh (laughs) anecdote. 
didn't run that one through a Google search. Even as someone who was a pretty big Harbaugh fan when he was the coach of the Niners, I thought it was pretty impressive what he did there. I never once thought he seemed cool. <laughs> cool, dude. In any way. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're like, his glasses are so big. That's funny. I was like, I don't know, man. God. That bummed me out to such an extent as in like i'm not sure i was alive for one single game that bo schembechler coached maybe if maybe a year or two i'll look it up right now i can't remember either but the idea that you don't know that he's just ripping off bo schembechler's look and that's like exactly yes. what he is doing you're like no this is just a cool cool guy glasses cool guy glasses <laughs> i'm like nah dude not not so much uh let's see here we I got another live for two seasons of bo okay so I was real, oh I was zero and one I'm guessing maybe that's correct eighty eight and eighty nine yeah all right there you go just getting that those final two years of allowing a pedophile doctor or not a pedophile a sex of pest doctor to right. fondle dudes balls good good for you Bo was that Michigan I thought Michigan was the gymnast and the Ohio State was the <laughs> or no Penn State was the <laughs> Penn State. Penn State's the pedophile. I can't Ohio keep all State, of them straight anymore. The wrestling doctor who was a sex groping dude's nuts. Michigan State was the gymnast okay. pedophile slash Nasser. pedophile. Yeah, Nasser. Michigan has this other guy who, whom Bo Schembechler shielded from being fired multiple times. Wow. Oh, does, he was also a pedophile, despite the fact that he molested his own his own adopted son. Um, but Excellent. Nobody yeah it's hard it's hard to keep all these fabulous stories cool. straight big 10 man we're the <laughs> sexual predator midwestern something <laughs> i can't really it. put it all together we're killing it though <laughs> big 10 east oh, big time yeah. uh yeah let's go ahead and change to a different <laughs> subject <laughs> i just have to do one more thing about the charger chat guys sure. is that i could not believe that one of them is a liberty university alum that was just a bummer i mean i already didn't like these guys but i don't know much about rough. liberty university i see that they're located in lynchburg virginia which Good name i'd want to change the name of my city you know you'd think you would have changed that by now <laughs> fucking ridiculous but it's like a fake university that like teaches divinity and you know i don't know it's uh, kind of like it's kind of like if uh born again christians decided they wanted to emulate like something like byu, BYU. only okay. they do it it's a much less good university <laughs> like there's nothing good about it like i don't know it's a dog shit school basically a huge scam i don't know i mean you look at some of the notable alumni here jerry falwell jr i think he founded the university yep yep classic uh classic uh <laughs> you know sex scandal far right clown yeah i think yeah or maybe no falwell i think founded the university and then so i Seth guess curry went there <laughs> No, that's crazy. Shut your... That can't be true. I mean, if he did... I, I thought that he, he went, went to somewhere Duke. else, didn't he? He went to Duke. Okay, maybe he trans... Oh, he played for one year at Liberty before transferring uh, to Duke. Yeah, so this is a classic... This is, this is like a classic sports washing thing where they're like... They, didn't they hire the crazy guy that like... Went, God damn it. I can't believe I'm going down this rabbit hole again. All right, let's go ahead and move on. We'll move let's on. Let's get out of this. Let's get out of this yeah. two Corinthians talk. <laughs> we'll move on to the games that are coming up this coming week um you know i don't feel that there's a lot of drama i think a big part of that is that with the one seeds being the only ones that get a buy i don't care as much about the rest of the seating and with both one seeds locked up there's not much going on there so at this point it's kind of a matter of just who's getting the wild cards right yeah it's like unless you're a fan of a certain team and you want as many home games as possible yeah you don't really yeah it's not as the matchups are gonna be you know yeah i mean yeah the Bills-Dolphins one is probably the most interesting, but even that's going to have a little bit of juice taken out of it because the Bills would miss the playoffs altogether if they were to lose and the Jaguars and Steelers both win. Yeah, and like all of that is going to be figured out right. by the time the game kicks off. Right. So, so it'd be better to like push lose, them to one. <laughs> then it's going to be kind of like, okay, well, if they do lose, it's a bummer because you're a wild card instead. And like you said, the home field advantage thing comes into play, but you're not out of the playoffs altogether. So Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to watch Bears-Packers, I suppose. It will be yeah, fun to knock the Packers out of the playoffs. 
I know. I, I know the feeling. It was a good one last year. I am in a weird spot the way I'm looking at that game because the Bears have been playing well lately, yeah. but the Packers offense has had the Bears number for a while, so it's a matter of like how much do I buy into this defensive turnaround that we've had over the past five, six weeks. I mean, the defense has been amazing. I Fields mean. should cook Joe Barry's defense. He should. He hasn't really done it in his career so far. I mean, he should. You were right about that. <laughs> Let me see here. I'm going through the game logs now. So in week one, 24 for 37 for 216 yards. It's not like criminally bad, but it's not great. We had it with Fields, though. You also have to look at his rushing totals. Yeah, he ran for uh, 60 yards that game. Not bad. So not bad. That's a pretty. That's a good. Yeah, exactly. It's not like a a huge game. Not a barn burner, but yeah, yeah, it's a good game. Uh, Last year he had a game where he was seven for 11 against the Packers. Don't know what's going it on It has there. to be a weather game. Um, and then last season, later in the season, he goes 20 for 25, Ooh. but throws two picks. Ah. So close to having a good game. And rookie season doesn't really count for him. So maybe he did, maybe he hasn't had really that many opportunities to go against the Joe Barry defense now that I'm looking at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. when you count his rookie season and Matt Nagy just what did wouldn't install an offense right. for him. Right, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that the Bears could win that one and ruin some dreams for Packers fans. I could see it. Do you care about watching Texans and Colts at all? I mean, the AFC South is just dog shit. So it's also the division we were by far the most wrong on with our over. Oh yeah, easily. Uh, let me see here. So far, you in, so far there are six over unders that we agreed on that we were wrong on. Three of those are the Texans, Colts, and Titans. <laughs> Yeah. And I believe if the Jaguars lose, they will be under, and we both went over. So there's a chance that we'll be, we will have agreed on and been wrong on all Every four team. of the AFC South teams. That's rough. Yeah. That's a rough one. Oh, man. So that's an interesting one. Okay, so yeah, let's go ahead. In that case, let's just get into the picks because, you know, we're, we're getting towards that time anyway. I have no idea what I want to go. Week 18 is always a disaster. Previously, week 17... I've historically done pretty well picking games in these weeks, but I don't know that there's been much of a method to it beyond just being like, I think the one thing I think more than anything else is just because a really good team is resting its starters doesn't mean they're suddenly as bad as a bad team. But there's a lot more going on than just the top skill position players for some of these teams. Yeah. For sure, and like these guys, a team that had like there are some teams that are good that don't have depth, and it's like don't have like a really good system in place, mm-hmm. and they just kind of rely on their star players. Like I think historically, I think of like the Colts mm-hmm. have yep. been that, like when they had Peyton. Yep. But then yep. it's like you look at a team like the Patriots historically, when they actually were good and not piles of dog shit. <laughs> like you didn't see a huge drop off. Right. With Matt Castle back. They're there. still functional. Yeah. So let's let's start with the Patriots then for this week. Oh my god. What do you think about the New England <laughs> Patriots minus one point five at home against the New York Jets? <laughs> Who are the Jets starting at quarterback? Is it uh Simeon? I assume it's Simeon. Oh my god. But you got so, I mean, me. So Bailey Zappy against Trevor Simeon. And it's like with these teams like Oh, man. To me, it feels like the Jets have more high-end players that just don't need this game on their resume. So I think that's kind of what's baked in here. And the Patriots, it feels like everyone needs this game to go well for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like, if if people want to keep their jobs. Yeah. So I guess I can see why it is like that from that perspective. So the Jets are 6-10 and 10 now on the year. Mm-hmm. The Patriots are 4-12. Four? Four and 12. Yeah. Yeesh. So, I mean, I, I lean Jets because, like, we always do, I always do the thing, and it's not, it's not often right. Like, what's the best unit on the field? It has to be the Jets' defense. Yeah, that's what iteration. I thought when they were facing Joe Flacco last week. Don't, don't fuck with Flacco. He's played in four <laughs> games and he's cooked four defenses. <laughs> just murdered murdered him um yeah so i i kind of like going with the patriots minus one and a half at home i think it's weird that the line isn't closer to the standard home line when on top of what we discussed like in trevor and trevor simeon possibly being the starting quarterback the patriots haven't lost them in regulation since 2011 is that that true yes that's so funny they've lost twice since then both times in overtime 
But yeah, 2011 was the last time I lost in regulation. They won 15 to 10 earlier this year. And that was... What week was that? That was early in the season. Yeah. That was early, early. Let's see. I that feel like been... Brees Hall's gonna. They're gonna feed him like a thirty touch. That was thirty five touch game. No Brees. Pharaoh I... Brown caught a deep touchdown pass from Mac Jones. Oh, of course he did. <laughs> Old Pharaoh Brown, my guy. And for some reason, Dalvin Cook led the New York Jets in rushing. What? <laughs> <laughs> Happy trails. Oh, Brees Hall actually had more attempts, but they had the same number of yards, which was 18. Holy moly. Is that Brees' first game this year? That might have been. It was pretty early in the year. He's going to get like 35 touches in this game. We're going to see if he can stop Brees. Yeah. Dalvin Cook, where did he go to now? Is he... Is he on the Ravens? Is he really? He he, he matriculated to... He got cut, and now he's not a contender somehow. Why would anybody sign him? He's an integral part of smartest man in the nfl's take we have to touch on that i i'm sorry yes before we that whole thing the whole aaron Rodgers thing let's go ahead he definitely accused jimmy kimmel of being a pedophile somehow uh-huh and uh that's that's the nfl today that's the biggest headline of the day essentially uh, i just i can't wait for him to retire and be out of our lives he, that won't happen john you're so short-sighted do you think this motherfucker is ever going to leave our lives if we pay attention to football? There's no way. Well, I mean, of course he's coming back next season, too, to play. Well, that's because why wouldn't you for that kind of money? He's going to be awesome. <laughs> nah, he sucks. The Jets fans will say he's only going to get better with a whole year off. That's right. He's going he's gonna to be fresh, John. Those 40-year-old legs are going to be... Randall, Randall Cobb will be a year older. Perfect. That's a year of more of experience in the NFL. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. The idea that like this man like talks for an hour every day on the Pat McAfee show on ESPN, which is like the biggest pl- biggest platform for sports news, is patently insane. That this person whose brain is diseased by conspiracy theories, like the original reason he has a beef with Jimmy Kimmel is because 10 months ago, Jimmy Kimmel, Aaron, Pat McAfee asked him about UFOs in the media and like how people are seeing these this news about UFOs mm-hmm. being real, essentially. And Aaron Rodgers had a take that was, it's interesting that they're talking about this right now because some of these manifolds from Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs are going to be coming out and the powers that be want to muddy the waters so we don't pay attention. And Jimmy Kimmel rightly called him a conspiratorial, like, weirdo. Yeah. And how that was, like, an absolutely stupid, buffoonish take. take. Yeah. And now, ten months later, when these <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein flight manifests are actually being released to the public, Aaron Rodgers takes a shot at Jimmy Kimmel saying, like, you better watch out, his name's gonna be on the manifold. Jesus Christ. And it's I like... I kind of hope the lawsuit does go through. <laughs> I, I, I kind of do just because it, it's like it's, it is it is like I feel like Aaron Paul and break that Breaking Bad mm-hmm. meme mm-hmm. but like you can't keep getting away with saying this stuff and keep getting on this show and like talking and making fucking headlines he's such a fucking dick and a fucking asshole and he doesn't know what he's talking about yeah I mean ESPN has been embarrassing in a lot of ways this is an extra level of embarrassing I feel yeah and like everyone loves the t- talk about like the inter giant cable mm-hmm. like slash uh like tv like they're both owned by the same parent like disney and abc mm-hmm. jimmy kimmel's on abc so a little bit of friendly fire there but it's just like why yeah why would why would he do this to himself is what i don't understand yeah and i know i know that maybe i'm just becoming more of a uh social media especially grump in my old age where when things aren't actually important i'm more grumpy about them but the idea that they keep giving him a platform to say things when you're like what what has he actually added to anything in these conversations nothing all he's done is advance his own agenda to get out of green bay like (laughs) that's 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 all he's been working on the entire time and it's not like he says anything that's genuinely interesting or insightful. No. So, he really doesn't, yeah. which is, like, so baffling to me. Because it's just, like, I mean, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. It's insane because it's just, yeah, it's... 
I mean, I'm like an unabashed fan of the Manning cast for the Monday Night Football games. I love watching it. But at least they're like giving you insight into things you don't know about. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it's it's just like, hey, what's on Aaron Rodgers' mind today? Yeah, and it's like the Manning cast is mostly like fun. Yeah. And like (laughs) Pat McAfee tries to say, we want a positive, uplifting show. I'm like, well, it's kind of weird when you get a guy on there that is not those things yeah every single yeah. week during yeah, the when was the last time season. you describe him as positive <laughs> well i mean i think he would describe himself as positive every single week i guess when like, he got i haven't watched it in a long time but he always like yeah he glowingly positive reviews of himself and that's his, true he was uh, very optimistic about his return from the achilles tear see that's po- john that's being positive <laughs> yeah he knew he'd be back within however many weeks <laughs> i don't know you have to, I don't know, it's like, I don't know. I think, I wonder what is going to happen. At some point, everyone just has to get sick of this bullshit. You would think. I would think. I do think. But, yeah, who knows? Someone's out there consuming it, I guess. Yeah, and it's like, it's so, he, he's like, he has such, he's going to get, he's has such, he's backing himself into a corner in such a way where it's like, he is going to have to have certain political views to match like the shit that he says mm-hmm. it reminds me almost like elon musk it's completely insane mm-hmm. like he's just alienating people for almost no reason and he's gonna yeah. be backed into this like tiny corner and like the thing about him is he's just he's gonna just sit there he'll never apologize for anything that he does no he'll just and he'll always smile about it yeah and he'll always think that he's right about everything and it's like people like this that have their own mental receipts imagine imagine a dude whose job it is to make fun of people throws a lob at you about something silly about con- you're tying cons- a conspiracy theory about UFOs to like covering up the world's like most powerful people as a cabal and a pedophile ring. And you don't like this man makes a jab at you 10 months ago and you have it. Yeah. AJ Hawk sitting on that one. AJ Hawk brought it up. Apparently, they just have a free-form conversation, and it was at the front of his mind. This man is, like, so purely aggrieved by, like, everything that people he perceives, like, slights him. And how how is that at the front of your mind ten months later? Like, don't you have anything fucking better to do? Like, I don't know, make your, work your witch doctor magic on your, like, (laughs) destroyed Achilles tendon like now it now it makes more sense too why he was into Shailene Woodley, who Yeah, she's crazy. In my opinion, <clears throat> blatantly lied when she said she wasn't aware of who Aaron Rodgers was. <laughs> yeah, but I could sure. see how that sort of negging, you know, drew him in further. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I don't know. Oh gosh. Uh, I'm trying to remember all this stuff about her. She's wild. She's like, there's, there's too much. She's a completely like lunatic, like next level lunatic. I, yeah, I feel like she really like really boiled the waters on him on like all the anti-vax stuff and mm-hmm. like don't you have to like get your water from the rain and like then you have to purify it through my mystical rocks and then <laughs> I've never eaten anything that's been processed by human fingers, only baby fingers. <laughs> Because the human <laughs> fingers have too much machine grease on them. No, well, it, it, all, defense, that, all, that, all that stuff about machine grease is a joke. I don't. In her defense, both of her parents are psychologists. Which oh, I didn't think Aaron Rodgers. I can't. That's probably why Aaron Rodgers broke up with her. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I can't trust him. He did. Yeah, watch out. Oh get that God. Dianetics going. <laughs> psychologists are out, baby. Okay. Okay. <laughs> cool Scientology reference for all of you who didn't get it. <laughs> Good old all around there. <laughs> let's keep going. Let's just let's just start. Let's start. We got to save some material for the off season. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna change this podcast back into the Ryan Rayburn podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'll turn talk, talk about how Ryan Rayburn <laughs> was a conspiracy theory foisted upon the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> for what reason? I'll never know. And I'll never tell. If I do. <laughs> okay. We're going to transition out of that and keep going <laughs> through the not. picks here. We're going to keep going. What do you think Aaron Rodgers had for lunch yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> and why was it six hard-boiled eggs and water that fl- flowed through a lava volcano? I bet he drinks alkaline water. Changing subjects dramatically. <laughs> nope. How do you feel about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the NFC South Championship on the line minus four and a half going into Carolina? John, um, I think that this line is, I mean, it's just used 
to distract us from the line that is the Eagles minus five against the Giants. It's a conspiracy. Yeah. No. So what's going <laughs> on there? <laughs> it's four and a half. I, um, at Panthers, they have a big home field advantage, as I we know. know. Fourteen dollar tickets. Yep. Yep. So you know they're gonna be pumped. It's gonna be loud. David Tepper's gonna be there. Fresh off his fine. <laughs> The drink cabinet hopefully will be locked. Yes, we can all hope. What is going on here? <laughs> I can't tell you. It seems like a low line, right? Okay, so let's yeah, let's put that one in the back burner. Let's go to the one that you segued to, which was the first one that I put a question mark on when I was doing this, <laughs> and then I just put question marks on all of them. But why are the Eagles, who, if they win and the Cowboys lose, win the NFC East, why are they only favored by five against the New York Giants? I think if... Can you take that weighted DVOA chart that put the Bears seventh and tell me where the Eagles are? Yeah, that's a good question. Let's take a look here. And why is it 25th, probably? (laughs) Let's see. Philly is 13th in weighted DVOA. What? Oh, that's crazy. How is that? So, it doesn't discount early games altogether. Yeah, it just weights them less than more recent games. Their defense has been so bad, though. So fucking bad. Tyrod is going to cook them. I'm going to be so sad if I pick the Eagles and Matt Patricia fails and face plans once again and i missed the chance to pick against matt to get, patricia pick against maddie patty <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it feels bad to pick with him and then also lose man this is tough yeah, these are terrible the lines are all bad hey, east, so, eastern stick minus three and a half yeah so i think that one chiefs. i like the chiefs plus three and a half a lot who is even their backup there blaine oh <laughs> <Gabbers>. fuck yeah <laughs> You gotta go with Blaine. I think I am, right? I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> I hate that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm on the Chargers big time. Why Why is it more than a field goal, though? Is Is there any reason to believe that Easton Stick is better than Blaine Gabbert? <laughs> no, but I think like what we're really talking about is... It, it's kind of like... To me, I go off what you you say about Patrick Mahomes. You're like he is clearly the MVP every year, doing no matter what. You what is going to happen when Blake ever goes in there? Yeah. Oh my gosh, the dude has a pocket awareness of a fucking snail. Like that's true. That's the only thing that I'm worried about. I feel like Blaine Gabbert could get sacked ten times in this game. How about how about the Ravens getting three and a half points at home against the Steelers? Now they're resting Lamar, yes. and the Steelers have something to play for. But doesn't Ravens-Steelers sort of feel like one of those ones where it's just, it's never going to be as easy as that? It it does. Oh, man. And I feel like Tyler Huntley's going to go out there and just cook. Right? Because I think, like, he can be good sometimes. Like, we've seen him be good. Yeah. Huntley almost beat them in the playoffs last year. Yeah. So, it and the rest of it looks like Odell's going to be out, but, you know. Here's what happened in recent history for Steelers-Ravens. Earlier this season, Steelers win (laughs) 17-10. Yikes. Mind-boggling. Yeah. Last season playoffs, Steelers win 16-13. Oh, Lamar set that one out. Yep, that was Huntley. Yeah. Ravens beat Steelers 16-14. Steelers beat Ravens 16-13. Steelers beat Ravens 2019. (laughs) 19-14, 28-24. You get to go back a long way for there to be like, a big blowout in one of these games. Yeah. So like getting points always feels right. Yeah, and getting points at home too. And it's like against Mason Mason the big bopper Rudolph. <laughs> and like that's the thing where it's like I feel like this deep the Ravens defense like take it feels like they take every game personally. Yes. And they play like so well. So that's the yeah, I like the Ravens in this one. Okay. Cuz it's the bopper and I don't I don't think the bopper is any good. Right, I'm moving the Eagles. I'm taking that one out. Even though it's that is so fun. Oh god. Yeah, and the Steelers have that hilarious made-up controversy. Did you hear about this? No, I don't think so. What is it? Where like people were trying to make news out of the fact that like Kenny Pickett said he wouldn't dress his rules back up, and everyone was like, "Well, I guess you're never gonna play in the NFL again because you are a backup." But right. like then. You know, Kenny was like, no, I, I wasn't going to dress anyways. I'm, I'm not healthy. Nobody asked me to be his backup. Like, but I'm like, oh, my God. How funny. The There's idea that, like, weird people, going on there. People, yeah, people are trying to, like, make this big drama. I'm like, if you think 
after one game, Mason Rudolph is better than Kenny Pickett. You are a psychopath. Yeah, yeah there's some like awful. <laughs> like we have seen him play like dog shit for several several yep. games. Yep. Okay, so then I'm gonna I'm gonna put the Baltimore one in there. We're gonna go with that as one of them. Silly one though. Still, what do you think about the Lions minus three against the Vikings? I mean, we're not resting anybody, right? <laughs> That's There's the still thing. some at stake for so the Lions. So I kind of like that. I like it. And I don't because think I... the Vikings have anything at stake, right? Can they still make the playoffs? I think there's might be a mathematical possibility. Maybe there's a scenario where they could. I think there is. Yes, there. Is. Okay. Green okay, Bay so... has to lose. Green Bay has to lose. Um, and then okay, so they will be trying. Yeah. There's like a, Jefferson. a lot of weird things have to happen though. Could be difficult for them again. And I think they they're going back to the guy who cooked us, but threw four picks. Oh, they're going back to. Uh... Yeah, Jaron Hall is... The Jaron Hall experiment is over. Nick Mullins is coming back? Yeah, Mully is coming back. So in that game, that one was in Minnesota, the Lions still won by six. <laughs> Indeed. So, yeah, three? Three seems fine. I like it. Okay, I'm going to move that one up. And then that leaves us with Tampa minus four and a half in Carolina. Houston minus one in Indianapolis, which is basically just taking a chance to bet on C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I like both of those. Or the Cowboys minus 13 in Washington. I don't love that, given the time slot. I was a little nervous about it, too, especially if Brissett is playing and just plays competently. Yeah. All right, do I go Tampa? Do I go Houston? Tampa. Let's go Houston, because if Tampa loses, then the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> are still alive for the NFC South pick that we made so long ago. Well, then why don't you just pick, just take Falcons plus three, baby, at New Orleans. Let's let's live dangerously. I hate I hate the Souths so much. Both of them so bad, so bad. All right, buddy. Well, thank you very much. This has been quite an interesting episode of the Questionably Qualified podcast. This is the last one for the regular season. That's crazy. We did it. We crazy made it. Dog. Yep. We're gonna have to maybe recap it. And then see what we want to do for the playoffs. Not Absolutely. as much to talk about. Yeah, looking forward to it. Awesome. All right, bud, catch you later. See ya.